And now switching gears to the second part of the episode, we'll be reviewing JD and I's season. JD, of course, went with the very, very risky bench boost one approach. I mean, how, how did your season go overall? So, yeah, um, there were a few managers that did follow in the footsteps of our very first podcast guest, 11FI, and went for bench boost game week one. Turns out the captain defected the ship and left us all to crash into the iceberg we call negative variance and it was pretty bad. So as you can see, I started off better than the field, which they expected when you have four more players than the field. And it just turned sour very, very quickly when for game week two, I didn't own Gabriel Jesus. And then it just kept on getting worse and worse and worse until I think the World Cup and post World Cup, I kind of had a good recovery. And then again, it became worse because of, uh, because, uh, you know, it was completely my fault. I still remember I went out of Saka to afford KD, KDB because KDB had a double game week. And I don't know what headspace I was in, but I completely forgot the fact that it was Arsenal they were playing, which means that Arsenal was also having a double game week. So that was a complete rookie mistake on my part. And that cost me four points. And I think Saka didn't get a lot of points in the three weeks I had sold him, but I had to get him back again as well and that led to a loss of team value and it led to a bunch of things that meant that I was always down on transfers compared to the rest of the field. So that decision didn't help and it took wildcard 27 for me to kind of correct that. But once again, I was slapped by variance because I won't dunk over someone like Estupinian or even Steele and dunk proved to be the worst Brighton asset of all three. Sorry, before I go into the tail end of my season, which is where I actually recovered rank. I would like to just go through the reasons why I thought or a bunch of us thought that game week one bench boost was a viable strategy. So this was one season where you knew that you were going to get unlimited transfers post World Cup. So essentially you had three wild cards, which meant that you would get an opportunity to quickly ditch the players on your bench and switch to a light bench structure for the rest of part one of the season and then from part two you're just free of the bench boost chip which i know that many people do consider to be a burden because you have to keep planning around that chip until you get rid of the chip and once you get rid of that chip if you don't have your wild card left you are left with a stronger bench than most people which leads to other suboptimal decisions down the line so i do understand that and while the world cup was the critical reason why we went for that and unfortunately the queen passed away, so the queen didn't help my cause one bit, also did this horrible thing that happened to my team because it meant that there were so many more double game weeks down the line that the bench boost was always going to pay off later down the line compared to what it would have if there were no extra double game weeks. So one thing that did kind of mitigate this was the fact that there were so many shocks in the FA Cup uh, because that meant that there, there were fewer double game weeks than there could have been or a fewer blanks plus double game weeks than there could have been. Because I think there were three upsets, if I'm not mistaken, which meant that there were uh, a lot fewer blank weeks and uh, double game weeks for the postponed games. Because ultimately, it, United and City are the ones who ended up in the in the FA Cup final. So in that sense, it did get mitigated. But of course, there were so many double game weeks. And also, the railway strike didn't help me because I had wildcarded in game week three and the postponed game between Brighton and Crystal Palace meant that I was left with no goalkeeper. And then no, one of my defenders was also not playing in dunk. So that 
was actually there were a lot of circumstances that were out of my control but again i don't want to blame just that i also think that i made a number of suboptimal decisions in the middle part of the season and then once i got through wildcard 27 i was back on track and i managed to recover from i think it was 1.1 million to uh, 246k which of course is a disastrous season if you look at it from a game week 38 or perspective but for me it was all about how i approach a, a lost cause an almost lost cause because i didn't want to give up i still felt that there was a lot of edge left in versus the field of course and i did whatever i could to kind of uh, the, get a high, as high a finish as possible so hopefully i can improve on that next season as i already posted on twitter i my my uh, few of the targets that i have for next season are getting a better xg rank which i think i could definitely improve on given the benchmark that we've seen in the first part of this episode with uh, insane xg and md rank so that is something that i can definitely improve on and the other thing i thought about was maybe get better x means on the pie chart because uh, supposedly i thought i was a good predictor of x minutes but versus the field i still have about 10 percentile that i can catch up to because i was around the 90th percentile when it came to x means and i think those are the two things that i would primarily like primarily like to work on and i think Farhan has pointed out the most important aspect of that which is uh, get lucky so that is the most important aspect which is i need to get lucky and uh, before i pass it on to fran to uh, go through his great season uh, just one more thing because you know i have been playing uh, use, uh, FPL using FPL review for three seasons now, almost three seasons, and uh, I have kept track of all my MDXG and basically underlying ranks uh, from FPL review. So as you can see, I have improved on every possible metric as the seasons have gone by. So I have had improvements from 2021 to 2122, and then I have improved massively again from 22 to 20, uh, 2122 to 2223. So it means that I am on the right track there is a correlation that hopefully means that i would get even better and at the same time if i can hope for some positive variance that could aid me to having a better season but again it just depends on not making suboptimal decisions and not going on tilt because going on tilt helps even less in fpl than it does in other games because you are in charge of very few things there are very few things that are in your control so yeah. sorry uh let's let's have a look at your amazing season yeah I mean, before we look at my quote-unquote amazing season. I, I think, yeah, I think you have to say that because you didn't have the wild card eight versus the field, as you mentioned, with, you know, having to deal with the Brighton Crystal Palace postponement, that seems to have just set your MD much further than the rest of the field already, as we know, because when you're bench boosting on game week one, you're already taking a super risky approach. And I, I mean, I applaud you for, for going for it, but this is probably the potential worst season until maybe Charles dies next season for that to happen. I'm kidding, of course, yeah. but um, yeah, King yeah. Charles, sorry, of course. But in terms of my season, I, I, I think my season's a weird one because you can see there's not too much consistency. And I think it, it's mostly because I have these outlier bad decisions, very suboptimal decisions that I made that I think in, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, I probably wouldn't have made and even actually just even reviewing for example mayor's season and just seeing how risk averse he is and, and and how safe in a sense he is things that i can learn from and part of that was because in the past i i think i probably had this sort of fool's idea that you know when you are in a good position at the start of the season which i was anyways because 
I locked into quite a fair bit of points. I, I took too many opportunities to go aggressively with my transfers when I didn't need to. So on game week four, for example, uh, I did a move which was Duncan Rodrigo, two free transfers, when really I could have just rolled because I actually went out of Diaz on that week when he played Nottingham Forest. That's a good example of me just, you know, seeing that I have two free transfers, wanting to capitalize on that immediately, um, even though there was no real need to. So potentially it's something where I need to look at the EV gulf of just, you know, playing, let's say, one transfer and continuing to roll to keep, let's say, the option of having two free transfers in the future and that being a little bit stronger for my team. At the same time, my worst transfer of the season, as you can see in Game Week 13, was uh, this move where I went for Darwin and Foden, minus four. I went out of Kane, who, I mean, even historically, we, we talked about how Kane, this is his best season. But in reality, going out of Kane, a tried and trusted asset into someone like Darwin, who at the time, funnily enough, he was actually injured for this game week. So I, 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 went, I bit on a price rise stupidly. So that's, you know, a lesson that probably Bullet would tell me not to to uh, make. Um, but as, as far as the actual mistake, it, it's kind of just jumping for that shiny new toy, someone who's not even nailed for Liverpool overestimating X-Men's, um, not even taking into account that I'm also going for Foden. So effectively two X-Men's risks place of one. And I also sacrificed Ben White, which um, basically made me lose out effectively 24 points up until the World Cup. But, you know, it, it's more about the XG as well. Arsenal were a fantastically good defensive team. And I stuck with a, a triple Newcastle wildcard eight template that I, I kind of capitulated myself by making that move. And then... In terms of wildcard 17, I think another learning point was because I, I, I did sort of change my approach this season. This is my first year using review. I mean, I, I have these sort of grassy tendencies and biases that I realize, you know, looking back, don't need to exist. As we say, of course, if you if you, let's say, interpret review to to account for everything, I shouldn't be excluding pick picks on, on the wild card. So for example, I actually excluded Salah on, on the wild card on gaming 17. And I also excluded Ederson as well, um, just so that I could actually incorporate Cancelo into my team. And looking back, of course, there was no reason in particular to exclude Ederson, even though potentially I could even argue that in hindsight, it was good for actual points. But obviously, excluding Salah isn't the same thing that can be said. Um, I actually had a flatmate this season who went no Mo Salah for the whole year and he he somehow convinced me to to jump on board with no Mo Salah and I took a small little personal bet which was silly but that's obviously I mean the learning point of course is excluding picks even troll picks for example is completely unnecessary going forward so I'm I'm not going to repeat that mistake and then actually you can see of course I also seemingly tanked between GameX19 post because I I went for Trent because I went for Cancelo um, at one point in time, and because of James's injury, Trent became available to me. Trent then, of course, I think went on a huge run where he effectively conceded two XGC for around four out of five game weeks before that massive uh, double game week 25 came around. So that was also like a, a learning point too. Uh, but I think that was just more so I would repeat the decision of going for Trent for sure. But Shaw was also an option then. And we also knew that United had a double sandwiched in between. There was an opportunity there to maybe have a look at market and even looking at, for example, Spaceman's review, you know, the whole concept of checking for the robustness of, of picks through an ensemble model approach is something that I wasn't really open to um, looking at at the time, even though I really wanted to go for sure. But I think I was looking at pure, pure MD at the time and couldn't think of a reason why Shaw would make sense because the EV gap was so huge with Trent. But looking at, for example, market at the time as well, Shaw actually favored really well and potentially that's something that i became more aware of later in the season when i'll talk about 
you know, my run uh, post gaming 27. But yeah, I mean, that was a, a lesson learned. And I think speaking to you, of course, and actually doing this podcast and trying to get the maximum out of review was effectively what saved my season. Obviously, you can see I got a ton of variants probably, you know, from gaming 27 onwards, mostly because the bench boost was super positive versus the field, but also because I I went for a few gutsy plays, I suppose. I, I think I went for a Matoma captaincy because I, I actually like the idea conceptually of, of going for a bit more of a market blend on captaincies because it's it's sort of a short-term decision, at least the, the single game week captain. So that's something that I've incorporated into my approach. Now, of course, hindsight would say Matoma probably didn't deserve much on the expected goal involvement, but that's something that you know, just in general, the, the whole approach of blending different models and outputs to make sure that I'm, I'm comfortable with my decisions is something that I really enjoyed, even, for example, near, near the end of the season when I already owned Fernandez and, and actually willingly went out to Fernandez was, you know, for that reason, so that I could seek a little bit of outcome variability because I knew I had enough transfers ahead. And as we always say, this season was very strange in that 29 and onwards up until effectively game week 38, where we finally had some decisions to make. You know, our teams were effectively the same um, as on yep. Gaming 29 yep. as 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 it was on Gaming 34. So that's kind of why I, I willingly jumped out of Fernandez, knowing that I'd make some moves around that. And I went for Isaac a little bit earlier, I think, ahead of the curve. And I also went for a game, like a Foden punt as well, but it didn't work out. And those are the kind of moves that I think I will definitely do later in the season. And going back to the start of the season, there's absolutely no reason for me to take uh, as much risk as I did and, and, and to play as suboptimally as I did. So that was a huge learning point. And actually, you can see also in terms of my general chart of predicted versus realized, Gaming 28 was another, I guess, anomaly week for me. That was when I Tony captained and he was versus Leicester away. Saka had the home game after losing the Europa League. That was probably a week where maybe looking back in hindsight, I think we, we, we also suboptimally chose a captain. Even Kane was yep. ar- arguably suboptimal, but I went even further ahead of that and went for Tony. Now, my excuse is Fabio actually also captain Tony, but in reality, no, it was a very suboptimal play. And I think looking back, that's, you know, I, I shouldn't just be willing to so easily just lose EV or um, leave it at the table. And so going forwards, I think there's there's some thought I need to put into captaincies as well that I will apply. And ultimately it's, yeah, I mean, the learning point for me is just grab as much EV as possible, uh, but also don't, you know, don't spend transfers to to chase when I don't have to, because a perfectly robust team is actually what you want. So looking back, for example, at Mayer, you know, the, the fact that he had the, the license to go back and forth between options like Salah and KDB, I mean, that sort of, I guess, pleasure is something that I'm looking towards. And it's exactly, for example, why I went for the Foden punt, right, on the grid this week, because my team was robust enough to support moves like that. And I need to make sure that I, I leave my team in that position, you know, without injuries and crazy events to make sure that I'm looking only for luxury moves as opposed to, you know, seeking risk from, from nothing really. So that was kind of the... Also, um, yeah. I've seen, uh, ever since we started interacting, uh, a marked up, uptick in the kind of, you know, of maybe EV-centric way of playing the game for you especially and I think that you have benefited from that definitely because I don't I mean I don't want to go into nitty-gritty because for one game week it doesn't matter much but if you look at the season as a whole you can clearly see that whenever you kind of made suboptimal decisions knowingly that has cost you quite a bit and then once you cut that out of your game and you just focused on making steady moves as you said you were once uh, in a position similar to mayor where you could make a move like going for Foden and 
to be honest fordon did play so many ex- minutes right so exactly, you yeah. were absolutely unlucky in that sense because fordon could have gotten much more than he actually did so that does kind of point to the fact that your approach or your change in approach has definitely helped you uh, towards the end of the season and also um, you mentioned something in between that i just wanted to address was which was uh, pricing did not help bench boost one at all this year yeah, uh, yeah. because the one thing that we kind of look forward to is having a lighter bench but because triton assets were so cheap and because strikers were uh, except for Kane and Holland there were no really mid price strikers because Jesus was out for the majority of the season uh, it really meant that there was no team that was unaffordable to people which also meant that it's much more harder to actually find an edge when everyone can afford the same team which is what you pointed out between game weeks 29 and 38 there were hardly two to three differences between almost all the teams which is why it was hard to root for any of your players because most of your players were giving you maybe plus 0.1 0.2 for every point that they got which is quite sad when it comes to your fpl experience as a whole i don't know what you think about that no i agree and i think you know you talked about the the light bench but one of the issues as well i think is just because of the the way the fa cup fixtures unfolded you suddenly have brighton that actually have doubles and blanks and that just pretty much forced you to have exactly yeah. the same bench as everyone else which yeah. was newcastle yeah. so yeah. that was like the the bigger issue as well because yeah because newcastle defense was so affordable you're forced to go into it you have to own two to three newcastle at the bare minimum whether you wildcard on 26 or 27 and that was like super unfortunate for you because that's probably where you could have actually made uh, a decent gain back against the field by having a more sort of optimal XI week to week, but you couldn't because th- those blanks sort of necessitated a really well-rounded team from from you and other people who bench booster on bench boost one, um, which hopefully won't happen again. But probably speaks to why maybe ultimately you just want to keep that chip sometimes, I guess. Yeah, and also as I mentioned to you, uh, those of us that did bench boost in game week one were literally cast adrift because. We couldn't talk to anyone about how to approach the game, how yeah. to approach any of the game weeks. Still, it was actually reset by the World Cup. Mm. So essentially, from between game weeks two to seventeen or two to two through sixteen, we were left to our own devices because mm. we couldn't do anything about it. There was no wild card for us to play because we had to play our, our wild cards pretty early into the season to get rid of the heavy bench. Yeah, in order to get in players like Cancelo who were massively popular and were also. Uh, good on MD and odds as well. So there was no options for us to kind of consider when it came to, for example, a game week wild eight wild card or, or game week nine wild card or something similar to that. So yeah, I mean, of course there are things that I can improve and I have already mentioned them. But you know, we have to understand the circumstances that led to it being much more suboptimal in hindsight than it probably should have. A good point actually as well. Just speaking on my season and actually also reflecting on yours I me mean, as you say all your underlying ranks really improved other than you know the fact that you really took the brunt of fpl variants this year so next season i mean you know hopefully with with a bit of luck there's there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do much better and the same with me of course having a yeah. much more well thought, thought out approach from game week one to 38 that that should be helpful to me as well although i might not i, I guess my one regret this season is i got v- very lucky anyways uh, but probably didn't capitalize uh, on it fast enough right in terms of adjusting from my approach but that's that's what fpl is uh, effectively at the end of the day so yeah 
Uh, that's kind of our season review and we, we hope you guys enjoyed a rather long form episode but i think it should be the time of the year to reflect a little bit deeply about how you feel, felt you played the season whether it was individual game weeks or just on a macro level how you played and I think, yeah, we all have some learning points to take home and that's sort of the beauty of, of the game and potentially we can continue to find some more edges uh, if we can and, and if review doesn't <laughs> continue spinning out some incredible improvements year on year. But yeah, I think this was a, a fun season and, and I'm also really glad ultimately that we started this podcast as well. That's probably the, the highlight really of my season too. So thank you guys so much for watching this season and honestly looking forward to the fixtures coming, um, getting released in around two weeks time and, and, and doing it all over again with you guys. Yeah, and before we sign off, I think a couple of things. So one is uh, I rec highly recommend that everyone save their data for this season. And if you mm. want to do that, you can go to livefpl.net slash save to save uh, all the data pertaining to points. And if you want even more data, you can go to fploptimize.com and save your data as a JSON file through that. So there are a lot of ways for you to kind of keep track of certain things that you are doing season on season to see if you're actually improving in a sense. So do uh, make sure that you save the data for this season. And also, as Fran said, react, uh, uh, reflect, but don't overreact. So with that, we hope that everyone had a season that they kind of hoped for and maybe the season exceeded their expectations and we'll see you soon. Bye.